Hey, Target Party people, I'm down with Phil Paul Coulter, host of Therapy, and you remember this the first time around. I'm still, well, I missed this the first time around. I haven't seen very many Marvel movies, but with, with Bill around, I'm seeing more of them. I skipped Iron Man 2, and now I watched Iron Man 3. I, I have never seen Iron Man 2 myself, even though I actually do like the Iron Man movies. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel a little bad, too, because I assumed... Uh, that you had a little more uh, literacy in the Marvel Cinematic Canon. Not that I expect you to know too much, but it just seems to be like these days, if you're between the ages of so and so and so and so, it, it's kind of expected that you've seen at least like half of the Marvel movies or something like that. Um, I don't watch that... a lot of movies. Yeah. Well, this is one. <laughs> it's funny to think that even though this is Iron Man 3, this is still one of the earlier MCU movies, so you don't need a lot of background for, like, what's going on in this movie. And you've seen... Yeah. I, you, you've you seen as much as I saw, with, like, like if you've seen my Iron Man 1, this, and the Avengers, that's all you really need to know to understand really what's going on in this movie. Mm. Um, yeah, the reason <laughs> I picked this, despite me having seen this when it first came out in theaters, uh, was... So you have not seen Endgame, though, of course, right? Of course. Of course. Well, do you have a kid, and between having a kid and also not caring much about the MCU, why the fuck would you go out of your way to, like, <laughs> see a three-hour movie in theaters? Uh, mm -hmm. Do you care about Endgame spoilers and stuff? Or I don't know how much no. you know about what happens in Endgame? Or? No, but we should probably save those till the end. Oh, okay. Uh, just because... All right. Well, depends on how you want to do it, I guess. Oh, no, it doesn't matter too much to me. So it, it'll be a little bit different than normal, because uh, I woke up at <laughs> 5, 5 a.m. yesterday. Oh, yeah, you were talking about this on Twitter. Puked my head off, and then... What did you do? Uh, uh, John got me sick. He puked the day before. At, at 5 a.m. as well, so like 24 hours later, oh my almost God. exactly. I, we were both we were vomiting at different times. Oh, because uh, I see... But, yeah, you were talking about how you were vomiting Chinese, and I was going to make the joke, did the Mandarin get you? Oh! Gooba <laughs> um, gooba. No, but then and I had a fever oh, all man. day yesterday, and I was... I slept for, like, most of the day, so... I watched the movie, but I, I took uh, literally zero notes. I was I have, literally... I have okay. nothing prepared for this. If so. you had... If you hadn't already watched the movie, I would say we could just skip this week. Because, like, mm. although you put the effort into watching the movie, and we're, we're sitting right now record, I guess we might as well do the episode. Um, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry I, to hear I've, that. I, that's all right. I figured... Um, this was more an outlet for you to talk about Endgame than it was necessarily Iron Man 3 and, yeah. and Tony Stark's journey throughout the films. That's the thing. After seeing Endgame, I was kind of impressed. Oh, well, I saw this movie when it first came out. I like the MCU well enough, but I'm not like some kind of super huge fan. I've barely read any of Marvel comics in my life, even though I have actually worked on a couple Marvel comics by virtue of being friends with the uh, Helioscope uh, comic book uh studio downtown where they do a lot of freelance work for marvel and dc i actually have done some backup like uh, uncredited backup illustration work for some marvel comics and stuff and i actually did work on 
the Civil War comic, which then got turned into one of the biggest MCU movies. Um, but yeah, I, like I, I'm even though like I'm the one who suggested this, it's not like I'm that much more of an MCU fan than you are, or even like that much more knowledgeable about that universe. But after Endgame came out, I was kind of I went back. Well, in the lead up to Endgame, I went back to watch the rewatch the couple of Marvel movies that I knew really well. Uh, including Iron Man 3, and I was like, you know what, actually charting uh, both Captain America and Tony Stark's uh, character arcs throughout these, all these movies, I was like, they actually did some pretty clever character work. And the way Tony's character ends up in, in the endgame, I was like, you know what, Iron Man 3, even though I saw that when it first came out in theaters, and I liked it well enough, I was like, I rewatched it right before endgame, and I was like, oh, this actually does, this is like the most pivotal movie for the most fun like a fundamental character in like the biggest movie franchise in movie history, and it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting to go back and rewatch it now. And I and, and also too, this movie was written and directed by Shane Black, which I don't care too much about. But my friends, you know them, uh, uh, Mike Russell and Bobby Roberts, uh, they're yeah. the reason we actually even know each other. They're the reason why we even have this podcast. Uh, they're mm -hmm. huge Shane Black fans, and they've always gushed about Iron Man 3. Even though I had seen it, I was like, Iron Man 3 was okay. They're the ones that have always been like, Iron Man 3 is the shit, Shane Black, yeah, super cool Christmas, blah, blah, blah. There's witty banter and stuff. And <laughs> I never quite understood, really cared or got of what they were talking about. Again, until rewatching right before Endgame and actually rewatching it now after Endgame. I'm like, okay, this is, I could see why they were so jerked up about this movie. Maybe not as much as they were directly, but I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, so that's why, even though this is Tardy the Party, and the whole point of the podcast is supposed to be us talking about stuff we haven't seen before. Because eh, we're doing this Marvelous May where we're kind of, we're reviewing things we have seen before, and now we're kind of like going, uh, yeah, we're, we're exempting ourselves for a month just to kind of like, yeah, talk about stuff we've seen before. I was like, ah, with the Marvel thing just happening and Endgame just being out in theaters, like, yeah, I thought there was a good chance for me to go back and rewatch Iron Man 3. I should have consulted with you a little bit more. I feel a little bad. Um, yeah, that's fine. Do you know what you want to do? <laughs> not to already jump the next... Do you, uh, you you have the choice for the last uh, project of the month. Do you know what you want to do? Yeah, I've had a couple of ideas. Okay. I mentioned some of them to you. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, I have to remember if I actually found those or not. Um, I literally just woke up before start, we start. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I literally just woke up before we started the podcast, and I just mm -hmm. slammed down a bunch of sugar, and now I'm drinking a Coke to try to get to... Well, not even a Coke, it's like sugar-free sugar rock zero. So sugar, I'm, sugar, sugar, sugar. I'm extra just like... I just went from zero to 60 in like 10 mm -hmm. minutes, and now I'm just my gears are stripping in my brain. So, yeah, Fantastic. so that's why I chose Iron Man 3, even though it's not necessarily the best movie or anything like that, or like... I'm not, like, that emotionally invested. I was like, yeah, no, it's actually within the Marvel canon, just because Marvel's such a big thing, and just because the first big chunk of Marvel movies just ended, I thought it was interesting. I'm kind of curious to see what your opinions are, are about this movie, because y you being not particularly invested in the MCU or anything like that, too, so... Yeah. Uh, hey, Star Song. No, no, it starts with Tony's. Oh, that's right, because you don't have well, any notes. Well, we don't, we don't need, yeah, I got zero notes, so doing a beat by beat is <laughs> not going to be a thing, so, um. Yeah, okay. We can just talk about the movie more in general. Um. Which, I, I always we, imagined when we first started the podcast, that's what I always imagined every project would be, would be yeah, just well, us no. talking about the movie in general. 
Uh, Me too, yeah. but then I my notes just uh, I couldn't not do it. I don't know why. I I love. I, I didn't expect I would enjoy like actually going beat by beat through so many projects so much though, because it is fun and anticipating. Okay, we're gonna talk about this shithead part. We're gonna talk about <laughs> this shithead. It may, guarantees we don't miss a stupid shithead detail in any given project. Um, yeah. Although it does mean sometimes we're like, okay, now we have to talk through this whole boring part of the movie. But then we get rewarded I, by the good bits. I, I I have to admit, I didn't expect the movie to start with "I'm blue, abba dee, abba da." <laughs> is that a song? I should is that was that a thing back then? No, it's just something that's gotten referenced on the internet enough. Oh that yeah, I was like, the hell is it? <laughs> this is a story about a guy that's blue, uh, and all his friends are blue, or whatever the fuck. It all is. I know that's that's all I I just know that as far as I know that song was created for this movie. I've never heard it anywhere else, or maybe I heard it and didn't recognize it. Yeah. Um, and I do have to say, jumping around a little no, bit, because I, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Um, the bad guy's uh, whole motivation of being Tony Stark didn't meet me with me on the roof is really bad. It's, <sighs> it is a terrible motivation for a villain. Yeah. Oh, that guy didn't meet me on the bridge. I'm going to burn the whole world Especially down. Especially he's Ooh. like, oh, I was going to com- commit suicide because you didn't meet me on the roof. And they try to make him super sy- uh, sympathetic by making him got big buck teeth he's got funky hair he's all not he's not crippled but he's all like walking funny and stuff like that well he has a cane he has a cane yeah and guy pierce did a pretty good job kind of coming across as just a a human wreck at the beginning of the movie and then being all all hey pepper how you doing um i just felt like his motivations um were were lame (laughs) (laughs) yeah why welcome to the world of marvel villains where they're all just kind of like um it's weird too because like yeah like i said the only reason i'm into this movie is more for like what it does for tony's arc for like between this and the rest of the movies you get into the nitty-gritty about the details of this movie things like plot wise i i I was actually when you told me this morning you didn't take any notes about the plot of this movie i was like oh shit we're gonna be in extra trouble because like even if you're taking notes for this movie the plot of this movie is just very kind of like just things just kind of happen for two hours like there's no like yeah, clearly it's... defined like first third. I guess the first first act of the movie is pretty clearly delineated when Tony Stark flies out of Malibu and ends up in Tennessee. But the rest of the movie after that's kind of formless. Yeah. Hey, why doesn't Tony Stark have any kind of anti-air defenses <laughs> at his house? Especially if you're gonna find a terrorist, an international terrorist to attack your house, and you're Iron Man. How do you? How does he not have all of his suits? He has like tons if, of remote controlled suits. Even if he doesn't can, have like yeah, do shit on their own. Even if he but, doesn't have like a Star Wars defense <laughs> program with like satellite shooting lasers, he has the suits. Just have this. They don't have to be flying. They could just be standing on the roof, just waiting for anyone to attack. Yeah, and instead he's. <laughs> he's just in his most like least prepared to fight suit he's like in the prototype suit that doesn't have any missiles or anything he can't even fly but for some reason he thinks he's that that's the suit he wants to hang out in <laughs> uh, yeah Welcome and like he thought pepper movies. was gonna pepper was gonna be safe in their house even though he didn't have his defenses set what up what, what is he doing why does he go hey pepper uh, <laughs> I can, do they, they don't even have that conversation in the movie, right? I, Where he goes, hey, no. Pepper, you want, might want to stay at your mom's this weekend because I did a I Well, no, did a she wanted thing. to leave, but he didn't let her. Oh, he wanted God, her to stay there they, and be safe. Jesus Christ. Tony, Tony Stark's a fucking idiot. And this, this is before the Avengers Tower, right? <sighs> yeah, so this is... Yeah, uh, so Iron Man 1 and 2 are before the Avengers. 
Yeah, exactly. And no, well, in the Avengers, it's not the Avengers Tower yet. It's just the Tony Stark Tower. But in in Avengers Two, that's when it is. Yeah, because it gets all fucked up at the end of Avengers, and in Avengers Two, you find out that he's just turned into yeah, exactly into Avengers Tower. And well, half mm. this movie is all about the fallout. I guess this takes place just a couple months after the first Avengers. After Tony Stark, he has PST. What's it called? PTSD. PTSD. I'm sorry, I just woke up. I can't be politically correct. No, that's okay. It's early that, you, in the morning. Um, you did that the last time you tried to say PTSD. PSTD. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got PTSD because he flew a rocket into a... a fuck, what the fuck was Like a wormhole? Yeah. And now he's all like... About it. Uh, which that's makes sense. PTSD. <laughs> no, which uh, that's one of the things I like about this movie. Even when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I didn't expect the movie to kind of go off in this direction where Tony Stark is fucked up in this movie. And I like the fact yeah. that he spends most of the movie. He's not even really Iron Man. He just has to live on his wits without a suit of armor as Tony Stark, which kind of makes the last line of the movie where he's like, I am Iron Man. I guess originally it was supposed to be, uh, he would say, I am Tony Stark, which is a nice... Mm. Uh, nice contrast to the end of the first movie where he says I am Iron Man but you know, it would show that he's not so invested he doesn't actually need the suit of armor to define him he's like recentered mm. himself as Tony Stark and so it's a little goofy but yeah this movie yeah there's I mean it's also a superhero movie so there's not a lot of logic like a lady has yeah, developed like, a like, serum that like lets you ex grow exploding limbs mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> So, which I guess is taken from the comics. In the comics, I guess there was, um, in the comics, I guess it was an attempt to recreate the serum that turned Captain America into Captain America. Uh, but for some reason, that causes people to explode. Um, as it does. As in this, yeah, so this lady, and reading about this movie too, in retrospect, watching this movie again with his knowledge actually kind of made the weird lumpiness of this movie kind of make a little more sense. Was, I guess, uh, <clears throat> the original script. The lady who invents the extremist virus that blows people up. She was supposed to be mm. the villain of the movie. There's supposed to be no mm. Guy Pierce character. Uh, the whole, <laughs> even in the beginning where, where, where Iron Man's like, I didn't know it yet, but I had created villains. Or, what's he say? Created demons. Like, it's him kind of fucking her over. The, well, he doesn't fuck her over that. I guess he literally fucks her and she fucks him. But, like, yeah. So it's weird that, like, that character's still in the movie, but she only kind of matters for the first third, and then she gets killed unceremoniously through, and she's just kind of working for the bad guy. I guess what happened was, you know, Shane Black was like, okay, I want this lady scientist character. Uh, we want to play off, play off of the fact that Tony Stark's, you know, sexist dude who will just, like, fuck some lady scientist and forget her. She's supposed to come back and be a villain. And I guess <laughs> Disney was like, we, we don't think enough toys can be sold... If there's a lady, a uh, female, I'm sorry, someone vacuuming upstairs. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, I guess, yeah, they were like, I guess Disney was like, we don't think a, a lady villain will sell a lot of toys, so can you turn this into a guy? And so uh, rather than getting rid of the character, Shane Black was like, well, okay, I'll just give her a super evil boss who pretends to be the Mandarin for the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And that kind of creates kind of like a disjointed <laughs> villain stuff where, yeah. And it's weird too, because in the movie... Like, you think... It, 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 uh, that's the other thing I always heard about this movie, is everyone was so upset. When, when I first saw this movie, I thought it was okay, but not like nothing remarkable either way. But that's the other mm -hmm. thing when this movie first came out. Everyone was so upset about the Mandarin. Because the Mandarin is supposed to be uh, Tony Stark's arch-nemesis in the comics. He's, you know, he's the Darth Vader to uh, the fuck Tony Stark's Obi-Wan, I guess. 
And so yeah. when they announced it, like, oh, the Mandarin's going to be in this movie. The Mandarin got teased a little bit in the first movie. I don't know if they did anything with him in the second, because, like I said, we might not have seen that shit. But, they, yeah, and then they were like, oh, yeah, the Mandarin's going to be in this movie. And they have all the footage of uh, Ben Kingsley being like, eh, talking like Wal Walter Cronkite. And like, ooh, he's going to be a super badass villain. And you find out he's just a fucking idiot. Everything and you'll be the <laughs> that is such a weird choice. Because he's very specifically <laughs> talking like Walter Cronkite. Like... Doing like it's like if you had a villain suddenly doing up doing like a Homer Homer Simpson impression going go and you're like why is it Homer Simpson specifically <laughs> like yeah and so like the fact that they essentially threw away quote unquote the character of the Mandarin pissed off a lot of people too because that's you know, I was like I saw it and was like actually I thought that was kind of a cute twist uh just because you know I'm not invested in the Mandarin yeah they like they hit it pretty well that I mean he wasn't really the Mandarin yeah. he's well he kills a dude. <laughs> Too. Like, there's the thing where, like, he kills, like, an Exxon oil executive. And later on, they just say it's acting? So then I was mm -hmm. like, so wait, did they have an actor just pretending to be an actual, like... No, I, he probably thought he was acting, but I'm, I'm sure he actually killed the guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, did they just put, like, a live round in the guy's gun and you told him it was, like, a like a, uh, a fake bullet or something like that? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I know a lot of people are upset about that, but I thought it was fine. And it's extra funny, too, because as the Marvel movies have worn on, they've gotten more and more Chinese investors mm -hmm. uh, in this movie. That's why there's a random, like, at the beginning of the movie, Tony Stark, like, runs into, like, a Chinese heart surgeon. And I didn't realize at the time, but that's actually the same heart surgeon who removes the shrapnel from Tony's chest at the end of the movie. And I mm. guess in the Chinese version of this movie, they put, like, there's a way more scenes about of that heart doctor... And, like, the, the, can they save Tony Stark's heart at the end of the movie and stuff? And, yeah, between all the Chinese investors in the film and all this extra scenes shot for the movie that are supposed to be, like, Chinese exclusive and, you know, all, all, the, all the... Pretty much any movie these days that's being made has to appeal more and more to the Chinese market. Mm -hmm. For them to come out and be like, okay, the, the, our one big Chinese evil stereotype is going to be in this villain... Going to be the villain in this movie... I guess they had to address it one way or the other, so I guess the easiest way to do it was to have Ben Kingsley be just, like, vaguely brown guy, pretending <laughs> yeah. to be Asian, I guess, or something like that, and then just say, psych, he's not actually the villain, the villain's gonna be just another rich white guy, just like uh, Tony Stark. So, I guess, I don't know, it's, it's, what? it's the politics of all this, how the movie gets made like this is kind of weird, so... Uh yeah, also, uh, another thing about it is, um, the, whatever the, the thing that made people blow up seemed to be really arbitrary, what they could heal from and what they couldn't. Yeah. Because, uh, the, the Mandarin's able to get blown up and then come back and fight Tony some more, but then when, when Paltrow blows him up, he's dead. <laughs> he's super dead! Well, the difference is, she, th she threw, like, a bullet at him and blew up the bullet, <laughs> I guess that was enough to permanently kill him? I guess. And, like... Even, like, the the chunky-haired lady in Tennessee that cut Tony Stark has to fight. Like, she gets blown up real bad, and then she doesn't get blown up. But then she gets blown up a second time by, like, a microwave. And we see that, like, she's just hanging from some telephone wires, but I guess that means she's officially dead? Even mm -hmm. though we see all the other characters who are like that in the rest of the movie get walk away from even worse damage than that. Um, yep. I do like the actor who plays the other dude, the bald guy, the bald asshole guy the whole movie. Who's always mm. like licking his lips and making weird faces and stuff? I just like he he exudes such a perfect shifty assholeness. I kind of like just I thought that that guy was kind of a, a fun uh, schmuck, but yeah, that's 
yeah, the whole. I mean, I guess it makes the Mandarin uh, a more a more of a threat at the end of the movie if he can breathe fire and shit. Like, why doesn't he breathe <laughs> fire outside of trying to scare Rhodey? I mean, I do like the idea of the virus, especially like rather than having another whole bunch of robots for Tony Stark and and Rhodey Rhodes to fight. It is interesting that so, like wait. they could fight normal people who could just like melt them and shit. So what do they need from Tony? They need to figure out the thing so people <laughs> know, don't that's, explode. That's the problem with this movie, where it's like, wait, what? But the wait, yeah. so okay. They, if, if people take the the serum, they eventually explode, right? It's most of so, no, like one in six or so, something like that. Yeah. So he was willing to eject it into himself, uh, even though he might explode. How many That's... of these people did he? He's got a whole army of people who are are glowing with this shit. Why are does they he going need one to more... explode eventually? I, you know what? It would have been interesting because they. I guess you can insinuate because you see him at the beginning of the movie. He's all fucked up. If they had insi- at least suggested that he had may have experimented with the extremist virus on himself to to repair him. Even though it seems like there's nothing about him that's damaged. It's not like he had an accident. He's just naturally kind of messed up. So it's not like there's anything for the extremist virus to fix. But if they had at least su- suggested, like, maybe he was his own first test subject, and that's how he suddenly became super sexy Guy Pierce, that would have been mm-hmm. interesting. But yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, why would you, like, even if there's a one in six chance, you'll explode. Why take the, cause the whole point of uh, fucking Guy Pierce threatening Tony Stark is that he injects uh pepper pots with it and like it's a total gamble as to whether or not she's gonna explode or not so why would he have you ever done that to him see exactly yeah uh. <laughs> and he has like what 50 people that work for him that all glow yeah so why do you need one more <laughs> seriously and, uh, and like... if they do explode apparently they all light up on that map that tony looks at like one third through the movie yeah and which so shouldn't that have been a bunch that should have been a people bunch. who failed and then that actually even specifically because then that suggests that like there's been a shitload of people have exploded in the country that no one <laughs> i guess tony starts the first per- first person to say hey jarvis like let's show a map of how many people have spontaneously exploded in the united states in the last couple of years mm-hmm. i just yeah that's a, when you start looking at the i love the character work in this movie if you start looking at the plot like there's even just basic shit like how tony stark like he's stuck in miami but, like, his suit is, like, locked in a garage in Tennessee, like, 800 miles away. But, like, it can fly from Tennessee to Miami in literally less than five minutes. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that, too. But also, he's fucking super rich as shit, shouldn't he? And he has a, a dozen suits that fly to him at the end of the movie. Why couldn't he have gotten one of those to fly to him? Yeah, that's... Well, also, the thing where he escapes... Uh, he escapes his house... And then he, he ends up falling asleep and flying literally across the country and doesn't wake up until right he crashes in Tennessee. Because his suit's out of out of power. But the motherfucking point of Iron Man, he's got like a nuclear reactor in his chest that his suits are supposed to be powered by. <laughs> he should never be able to run out of power for anything. And, like, yeah. I can see, like, his suits would have their own independent, especially if they're designed to fly around without him in it. Of course they would have their own basic power supply. But, like, when he crash lands and the suit's like, I have to go to bed now. Goodbye, sir. Why does Tony Stark just, like, rub his heart against the suit of armor to, like, wake <laughs> him back up or something like that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, that's the, this is the kind of shit why I felt kind of bad choosing this movie, because I know it doesn't necessarily hold up to any kind of scrutiny. But, yeah, the character stuff. And a lot of the character stuff doesn't... 
doesn't really tie together unless you've seen Endgame, but... Uh, yeah, that's, that's... Uh, did you have an okay time just watching it just as a Marvel movie, just without taking notes yeah, or anything it's, like that? It's it's perfectly fine, it's serviceable. Because it is it two just, hours yeah, and ten minutes long, which I know is not the, not by not even by a stretch, yeah, the longest also, thing we've ever talked about. No, but, but also that ten minutes uh, is just credits with... That's how I was. I paused it last night during the last battle. And I was like, "Oh man, there's still 15 minutes of this movie left." And I was like, "Oh wait, that's right. Exactly. There's really actually like five. Um, but hey, so um, yeah, I'm just curious because I probably won't. I don't know if I'll ever get around to watching more of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, so he gets the shit sh shrapnel removed from his heart. Does he get his nuclear reactor removed too? No, that's the funny thing. Cause like, I think in the next movie, I know specifically in Infinity. Cause War. I saw this, I saw the start of Infinity War. Yeah. and he was Iron Man again. So <laughs> I know which did, that's like. So did did he just? So he blew up his suits for nothing. Specifically, Infinity War. He does specifically. I don't know. Cause in the ne the next uh, Iron Man featuring movie after this was Avengers: Age of Ultron. Avengers 2 and I don't think he says anything specifically in that movie but I know specifically Infinity War like so I think like someone asked him like why is, why is your heart still glowing he says like he's just using uh it's still uh he's still got the reactor but it's also acting as like a reservoir for all the nanites that turn into his suit mm. and that's one other thing like even after this movie like all Tony Stark suits start turning into magical suits where they're just kind of like he can store them in a pair of sunglasses or something like that, which I always thought was kind of lame. Because, like, yeah. I mean, the, the Iron Man, the whole idea of the Iron Man suit is already kind of, like, fantastical enough without it just being, like, it's a swarm of little bugs that fly and they could be stored in his heart cavity or something like that. And, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. You're not wrong for wondering what the hell's going on in that. <laughs> um, I guess the whole point, like, when he's at the beginning, when he's, like, injecting himself... I, I had to look this up to see exactly why the hell he's injecting himself with tracking stuff. So his like he's building the suit that's like like the prehensile propulsion suit that can fly to and attach to himself in bits and pieces. I guess the logic behind this actually I did think this was kind of interesting. I don't know if you remember at the begin at the end of the first Avengers movie, in order nope. for Tony Stark <laughs> exactly yeah, in order for Tony Stark to suit up, he has to sneak back into his uh, Avengers or I guess it's the still the Stark Tower at that point. And uh, he has to like have a big conversation with Loki, the villain from that movie. At and he he the only reason he goes back is he has to retrieve a like a what's it called when you put it on your wrist? A wristicle? A yes, bracelet? a wristicle. <laughs> a bracelet. No, a wristicle. <laughs> he has to retrieve a bracelet, uh, which is uh, so he, when he puts on the bracelet, uh, Jarvis, his AI, can shoot out a suit that will attach to his body. And I guess so. Like what he's doing in this, he's injecting himself with kind of like tracking stuff. So. Uh, he his suit that his new suit that he's built can come fly to him anywhere in the world. He doesn't need like an extra tracking device. He's just he, he can be mm. tracked no matter what. Which I thought was actually kind of an interesting thing, even though it's never really articulated in the film. And it's a direct result of something that happened at the end of the last uh, uh, movie featuring Tony Stark, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, and so also speaking ties uh, back into the other movies. Um, Iron Man 1, it starts with, you know, Iron Man gets, or he's not even Iron Man yet, but Tony Stark gets all fucked up and he gets, like, locked in the Afghanistan cave and the, Af and the Afghanis are like, you gotta build us weapons like you build for yourself. And, mm -hmm. um, that's where he builds his first Iron Man suit to escape from the bad guys in the, in the Afghani cave. And there's, like, another Middle Eastern guy in there who, is, who helps him out and assists him building his first suit. And that guy dies while they're trying to escape the, the, the guys in the evil cave. 
But that guy in the first movie says, hey, you don't remember me, but I met you at a science conference like 10 years ago. And like he's Tony Stark's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't, but thank you so much for helping me out now. Um, the guy, <laughs> that guy, he has a little cameo at the beginning of this movie. I guess the science conference in Switzerland at the beginning of Iron Man 3 is the science conference that guy's talking about. Because there's a brief moment where a Middle Eastern guy comes up to Tony Stark and says, Hi, my name is Ho Jensen. Uh, I'd like to meet you. I'd like to introduce you to this heart doctor friend of mine. That's the heart doctor who ends up helping out Tony Stark, like, taking out the shrapnel at his, at his heart at the end of the movie. That Middle Eastern guy, Jensen, is the, this guy who, ten years from now, has become a huge part of Tony Stark turning into Iron Man in the first film. I thought that was kind of nice. But again, that only matters if you've, <laughs> if you've really seen these movies and cared about them. Um, what else? I don't know, Bill. <laughs> Like you just you just well, sitting here with headsets whole, listening to Bill Ramble. That, there's that whole section with the kid. Who, what do you think uh, about the kid I, stuff? Because I can, I, yeah. I mean, they, he's not really annoying. They have good banter, so I do appreciate. It'd be super easy to make that, you know, intentionally or not have that kid be really annoying. Yeah, I I hate to say it, but that kid. Uh, now we're getting into endgame talk. I don't know if you care about endgame spoilers. Um. That kid is mostly the reason why... Well, not the most, because like I said, the character stuff in this movie is, is, is a huge reason why I wanted to go back and talk about that. But man, Endgame. I went and saw it Endgame. I liked it well enough. But super sad, because spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Tony Stark dies at the end of Endgame. Gasp! He sacrifices himself, which... <laughs> I would feel worse he talking about... He eats a bad that. sandwich. I think exactly. It's just, he actually does, he does have a kid in that movie. And he, that kid barfs up, and then he gets sick 24 hours later. Oh, no. He actually dies from it. Um, so Tony Stark dies. It's super sad, and he has a little funeral at the end. And pretty much mo almost all the major characters from all the Marvel movies show up at his funeral. And this <laughs> Who was like, ah, no thanks. I won't be attending. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, there's even characters in the in the movies that have been known to say, fuck Tony Stark, but they're still at his funeral. Uh, but at the end of the movie, like, at the, 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 the camera, there's this one shot in the, in the movie during the funeral where they pan across everyone's faces at the funeral, and you're like, oh, it's that guy, it's that guy. And, like, the next to last character is this, like, teenage kid, and this became kind of a meme online, because a lot of people are like, who the fuck was that kid? Because no one can recognize who he was. But I recognize him in theater. He's Harley from this movie. It's the same actor, but because that movie, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, this movie was made, like, six years ago, and he's only, like, 12 in this movie. He's, he's, he's 18 now. It's hard for people to recognize him, but I did recognize him. And that's the, in, ever, I was super cool in the movie, but, like, that's the part of the movie where I was like, oh, it's Harley! Oh, boo, 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 boo. I really did get super wibbly about that. Especially because they don't, like, call any attention to him or anything like that. But the fact that this character does show up, I was like, oh, fuck, that sucks. Because, like, I really did, like, because kid characters can be so terrible in movies. And not that, like, Harley's, like, super amazing in this movie, but I really did, like, his banter with, um... Uh, Tony Stark, Tony. especially because Tony Stark doesn't uh, doesn't treat him any different than he uh, treats him anyone else. He's Tony Stark's still just as much of a dick to him as he is anyone else, which is what makes their banter work. Um, I especially love where, like Tony Stark, he's driving out of town. He's essentially saying goodbye to the kid, and the kid's like, "Won't you? Won't you are, aren't you gonna take me with you?" And he's like, "Oh, you're gonna abandon me like your father, or like my father did. I'm cold." And Tony Stark is like, "Oh, boo, boo, boo!" about it, and he just drives off. That just fucking cracks my shit up. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, th I actually thought the kid uh, the kid stuff was effective enough to me that when, yeah, he shows up at the funeral at the end of Endgame, I was like, oh, boo, 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 oh, boo, 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 about it, but, um, which I didn't expect it, because like I said, it's not like I was ever that emotionally invested in this movie, but 
uh, the funeral bit in Endgame was so nicely crafted. And, well, that's the other thing, too, and that's the, the other thing about Tony dying in Endgame, too, um, is Pepper's last words to Tony, because Tony snaps his fingers and the whole thing, he gets all fucked up. Uh, and so he can't even talk to Pepper. He's so fucked up, but Pepper can talk to him, and they only have, like, he dies so quickly that she only gets a chance to say, like, one or two things to him. And what she says to him is, like, it's okay, we're, we're, we're all gonna be alright, you can rest now. Which is a nice callback to Iron Man 3 about how he couldn't sleep, and even in the beginning of Endgame, before he dies, he still has sleeping problems. And so I thought that was kind of a nice thing, that, like, the last words they have to say to each other ties back specifically to this movie, how he couldn't sleep and stuff like that. And... Monkey. <laughs> okay, yeah, good, good. <laughs> I try Monkey to, like, because I can keep on ranting forever. Um, and that's, character-wise, I guess I might as well get into the character stuff that, that I like a little while. The stuff ties together so well, because um, tying <laughs> arcs back in from Endgame into this and how uh, character arc development stuff works out really well. I do... You never saw Captain America. You never saw Captain America Civil War, did you? No. Where Captain America and Tony Stark end up fighting. And, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. If, if, if you know more about the Marvel movies, this would be easier to talk about, but I'll just talk about uh, Tony's arc. Is, at, yeah, now with Endgame done, Tony Stark's whole story is done within the MCU. Knock on wood, hopefully they don't, they don't try to resurrect him or bring him back somehow. But yeah, no, I just like mm -hmm. his, his, his arc of, you know, he's an asshole, turns into a relatively good guy in the first Iron Man. And... I, I don't know what the hell happens in Iron Man 2, but everyone says you can skip it, and I don't feel like I've ever missed anything. But, and then there's the events of the Avengers, where he learns to kind of sacrifice himself, even though he does survive that sacrifice by trying to fly himself with a nuclear warhead through a wormhole. Um, and I do like, yeah, the fact that Iron Man 3 is so much about dealing with the emotional fallout <laughs> of the stuff. It'd be nice if every single time Tony Stark tries to sacrifice himself valiantly, but he fucks it up every time. He's like, fuck, I finally. I can't die, I'm immortal. <laughs> I keep trying to go out as a hero, but they won't let me. Duh. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because, like, so in the next movie he shows up in after this is Age of Ultron, where because he's so fucked up with PTSD and stuff as a result of this movie, he ends up building a robot called Ultron, which ends up becoming evil that yeah. goes nuts and accidentally destroys a country, which is how uh, Civil War begins, because then the United Nations has a step in and be like, you motherfuckers built a robot that destroyed a country. We, You guys need some government oversight, and that's when Tony Stark's like, yeah, we need to, like, I fucked up real bad, I feel so guilty, I think we need government oversight, and then Captain America, because he went through the events of Winter Soldier, which taught him that the government can't be trusted because the government got infiltrated by Hydra, and that's a whole different thing about how nicely Captain America's character arc throughout all these films are is sculpted. That he goes like, "No, fuck that shit. We can't trust the government. We gotta, we gotta do our shit freedom." So he and Tony Stark and they fight and then they fight and then, but they don't get back together until like halfway through Endgame. It's all it's just nice. Those two characters and their arcs across the like 22 films is just actually real nice. <laughs> but mm. I forgot. I had a point I was gonna say about whatever. <laughs> um, well, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about how good with Paltrow, even though she's a, seems to be a horrible person, how good she looks in yoga pants and oh, with notice. glowing organs. <laughs> I do like she gets to like put on a little bit of the suit at the end of the movie. Well, I guess she get, does put on the whole suit yeah. when she gets uh, almost blown up um, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Hey, that um, uh, unrelated, but that end credit stinger was a real. Sh it it sucked. <laughs> 
You mean when, you, when you, it's revealed that the you whole movie through... is just Tony Stark telling Bruce Banner about his life? Sit through 15 minutes of credits to see that? What the fuck? Yeah, I... I guess originally there was a plan to, like, have Tony Stark, he was gonna fly into space and meet the Guardians of the Galaxy. And that got scrapped at the last minute, so they had to think, like, what can we do that, like, is not gonna involve any special effects or anything like that? I guess they were like, well, since the movie starts with Tony Stark telling, like, you know, it's like, a, like it's kind of presenting the movie as a first-person story. He's like, well, let's just wrap it up, and he's just telling his life story to, the, to Bruce Banner. What if it better <laughs> if he had been telling it to the Hulk? When he turns out, would the Hulk be sitting there with like with like psychiatry glasses on? No, he'd just be sitting there asleep. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of funny. Oh my god! And then he wouldn't even have had Mark Ruffalo. Like you, you could just yeah, that would actually been pretty cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, not all. Of, I you know actually I like it myself, but I could see yeah. What are you gonna do? Hey, um, how how did um, uh, Happy's character not get vaporized, even though everybody else seems to. Seriously, uh, some plot armor there. I kind of wonder if okay. maybe in an early version they 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 had him die because that, like, of course Tony Stark's gonna be upset when his friend gets half mutilated or like half burnt, but like, yeah, and especially because it's not like Happy coming back is everything in the movie. You get to see one last little bit thing in the end credits where he's still, I guess he's about to mac on the nurse. Something because like she's like she turns on Downton Abbey and then he's Down, all like yeah. then he's all like looking her up and down like he's gonna start licking her or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe he too fat. <laughs> Maybe he got protected yeah, yeah, yeah. with it because he's not that far away from the blast. He's literally no. just like ten feet away, and they talk about how like everyone within a twelve meter radius was immediately evaporated. I know he's like yeah. down on the ground, but Jesus Christ. Hiding behind some flimsy cardboard. Yeah! yeah well, that's, oh, that's, yeah, he's, like, hiding behind, like, a souvenir stand, which something tells me that souvenir stand is not, like, made out of lead. It's not gonna protect you from a nuclear blast. Um, I do, like, Tony Stark, he's got the Red Charlie Brown Christmas read-along album on his workbench when he's injecting himself and doing the prehensile suit test of being a movie. That's the same record album I had as a kid. I thought that yeah, was you nice. would notice that. I just, because, you know, I... I for some reason, I had a lot of Charlie Brown albums when I was a kid, which I give my parents credit for shaping me into the person that I am today. Oh. Uh, let's see what else. I do like... Mm -hmm. uh, actually, one of my favorite scenes in the whole MCU is when Tony has his first major panic attack in the movie where he's talking to Rhodey at like the seafood restaurant and little kids come up to him, up to Tony, and ask for his autograph. And the girl's, like, drawing a picture of Iron Man from the first Avengers movie, like, like taking the rocket out into space. And <laughs> Tony writes on her drawing and says, Aaron, help me! Which is cute at first! Until, like, he runs away, and then it's like, you see it's kind of, like, as much of a legitimate plea for help as it is him just being cute with the kid. Uh, yeah. But it, I love that, like... Because I guess Rhodey has just mentioned the Battle of New York, which that's his trigger for the PT PTSD stuff. And I, that, that's enough to make him freak out and accidentally break the little girl's crayon. And I love him, Tony Stark, like, his hands start to shake. And it's actually the breaking of the crayon that really sets him off. And he's just, like, the way he's just, like, I fucking love... I don't know if I have any real anxiety issues myself. I definitely have panic attacks and stuff in my, in, in my life in the past. Although I don't know if I have anything diagnosable. But his... what When I've had panic attacks in the past... They felt like what he looks like in that scene when he's just, and especially mm. when he puts his hand in his face, uh, and it's just like, oh my god, I broke the crayon. And the fact that that sets off Tony Stark more than anything else 
just makes me I don't know, I just I just like that scene. And it does <laughs> the little bit where her little brother little Christmas story brother comes up to him and whispers like he's a fucking evil kid in a horror movie. How did you get out of the wormhole? And that's really when he sets off and just runs out. And th- I, th- I think the little kid whispering that into his ear is a little bit much, but yeah, the whole crayon thing right before that, that was kind of nice. The Charlie Brown and Snoopy Show will return after these messages. When a terrorist mastermind kidnaps the president and brings a country to its knees, there's only one Marvel franchise that Disney can afford to call. I wish. Actually, just this guy. No, really, just the guy. Not even the suit. Tony Stark is regular man in Iron Man 3. Prepare for an Iron Man movie with hardly any Iron Man in it. And no ACDC either. Suit up with billionaire Tony Stark as he doesn't suit up in a summer blockbuster that for no reason at all takes place on Christmas and see him like you've never wanted to see him before. Insecure. I'm a piping hot mess. Anxious. Check the heart, check the, check the, is it the brain? And paralyzed with fear. Oh God, what am I gonna do? With regular man sidelined by the whispers of children. How did you get off the wormhole? It's up to his latest creation to save the day, Remote Control Man. This is a new level of lame. You've seen the Iron Man armor hold its own against Thor, the God of Thunder. Now, after dozens of upgrades, it runs out of batteries. I need to sleep now, sir. Constantly malfunctions, falls apart, falls apart again, falls apart again, falls apart again. Whatever. And takes its sweet time to assemble. That. Five, four, three, come on! Two, five. Seriously, the Avengers assembled faster than this. But Remote Control Man's not alone. Tony spent his downtime building all kinds of robots that break faster than bad cosplay, like Forearms Man, Choking Hazard Man, and Crane Steadying Juggernaut Man. Tony and his crappy suits must pull together to face his greatest foe since alcoholism. The Mandarin. You'll never see me coming. In a timely update of the character, Osama bin Kingsley plays the brilliant terrorist who manipulates the entire country into doing his bidding. My name's Trevor. Trevor Slattery. Wait, what? I'm an actor. The Mandarin. See, it's not real. No, you can't do that. such a good job, then they turn him into a punchline? This is Iron Man's arch-f***ing-nemesis. This isn't just ignoring the comics. This is dropping their pants and wiping their butt with them. What bad guy did they even replace him with? I am the Mandarin! Oh, come on! Instead, we get Aldrich Killian, an ex-nerd out for revenge after Tony skipped a meeting one time, and his nameless henchman with a confusing grab bag of firepowers, like glowing, getting hot, exploding, super strength, regrowing limbs, flame-proof clothes, and shooting fire out of their mouths? They really just made it up as they went along, huh? Witness the least thought-out sequence of the Iron Man trilogy as Tony Stark gives his personal address to a terrorist. 10-8-80 Malibu Point. Then goes home and puts on his only unfinished Iron Man suit. Let someone walk through his front door. Doesn't see the missile heading for his house until it's on the news. Still doesn't activate any kind of home security system or any of the 40 other remote-controlled Iron Man suits in his basement or have Jarvis call the police or S.H.I.E.L.D. 
or an Avenger. So you're telling me Nick Fury shows up for coffee and donuts, but not when Tony Stark might be dead? So watch as the Iron Man trilogy ends with 10 of the franchise's most disappointing minutes, where Killian loses to Gwyneth Paltrow in yoga pants. All the Iron Man suits get blown up for no reason. And Tony has the operation that will make him regular man forever. At least until Avengers 2. Starring R2DJ, Cooper Hero, Gandhi, Nerdy Memento, Murtaugh, Vincent Vega, and the worst extra ever. When is somebody gonna kill this guy? Just saying. And not starring The Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Nick Fury, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Agent Coulson, Agent Maria Hill, Selvig, or even the Galaga guy. Iron Man 3. So you heard none of it? I'm not that kind of doctor. Dude, where were you the whole movie? And now back to the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. So, uh, I guess they didn't spend a lot of time on the vice president being evil, huh? <laughs> the guy who invented RoboCop? Yeah, yeah. that's... I, he shows they were kind of like, they were kind of like, hey, we need a plot twist. How about the vice president's evil also? Okay, cool. Yeah. It feels like and there then was he some... Get, then we see him get arrested. Yeah. And, and the Patriot or War Machine's there, has, and then that's done. He only has one line, too, because I think, like, Don Cheadle calls him up. is like, hey, we got to protect the president. And he's like, I like him. Don't call me again. Mm. And then we <laughs> yeah. just see him being arrested at the end of the movie. And that's like, yeah. I guess there must have been some kind of story thread there that we missed. I guess he was and working also, with the bad guys. Also, Don Cheadle makes one phone call to the vice president. Yeah. Didn't they have, like, mobilized some army dudes or something? Yeah, call the fucking <laughs> cops. Call 911 at least. Don't just call or, the president or, if he's an asshole. Call someone or else. Call, call the president as well? You know what? This is the this is the real thing I want. I Like, you've just seen the movie. You've never seen it before. I, I, I want to stick a gun to your head and say, you, gotta, you have to explain to me what the bad guy's plot was, what their plan was in this movie, and how does it make any sense at all? Because I'm just watching this last night, like I said, I've seen this movie before, and, like, I wasn't really thinking about it, and I had a good time. And I'm like, last night? Because there's this bit at the end where, like, they string up the president, and he's, like, strung up over an oil tanker, and I guess they're gonna set him on fire or set the boat on fire or something like that? And before mm -hmm. that, though, the fucking guy Pierce is like, tomorrow you're gonna be dead, and I'm gonna have your job. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Is, is he, he just, was gonna, is the he, vice president was going to become president and he was going to be a puppet president that Guy Pierce was controlling? Yeah, unless he was planning to kill Miguel Ferrer because, too? Because, um, what's the name? Uh, Act? No. Aim. What's the name of their thing? Yeah, Aim. Aim, Aim was, Aim was going to take credit for it, uh, and that was going to make him a hero because he's the CEO or whatever. Yeah. And, and he was going to give them the Mandarin or something that's the thing because like he does say something about how like, he's gonna have the he's gonna have the mandarin in one hand and the president in the other and then something and then something step three question mark yeah step four profit because <laughs> like i could totally see like meanwhile he's doing all this while also trying to get revenge on tony stark and it's almost like i guess they just got the like he it's, it's almost like he just gets involved with trying to kill the president just to give the hero something to do that's not just fighting the bad guy but, like, mm -hmm. I don't see how one really meshes with the other that makes any kind of sense, other than they just needed a cool action scene where Tony Stark has to rescue a bunch of people that get sucked out of a hole on Air Force One. Which is a cool action scene. Um, yeah. Especially in the MCU, for, <laughs> for 18 million movies about superheroes, there's not a lot of scenes in the MCU where it's just superheroes saving innocent people. 
Um, and this mm -hmm. is one of the rare ones, and I do like the whole thing of, uh, yeah, like how it's this very long thing where he's just trying to keep everyone from slamming into the water, just like it's a nicely well done scene. But yeah, like who, the why, the what, the who, the president stuff, and yeah, none of that stuff really makes sense. I wonder if there's like deleted scenes that if they'd put back in the movie, there would have been an arc that made more sense. But as it is in the movie, it's all just kind of a distraction. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought that with AIM like doing the rebranding and stuff on uh, War Machine's armor that they were going to be able to take control of it, but no, they have to like they don't. Yeah, they have to go so like out of their was... way to capture Rhodey. Yeah, that's so that a good was... point. And then they had there's the whole thing where they're trying to like get Rhodey out of the suit, and then like what's it say? Well, that's when fucking Guy Pierce has to breathe fire at him to scare him to get him out of the suit. Yeah, because mm -hmm. if they... and I know it's Tony Stark tech but like they've taken control of it enough that like tony has to like call up don Cheadle to ask for his, his password to hack into the aim servers to track the <sighs> it made no sense i do like mm -hmm. when don Cheadle jumps out of this suit though when like they're cooking him inside his little turtle suit and then he jumps out and he says okay fine fuck it let's do this now he comes out swinging i fucking cracks me. I, I love don Cheadle, and i just love him in that scene um yeah also how does being infected with the extremist virus also mean that your clothes are magically bullet, uh, magically fireproof? Because there's so well, many. You know. Except for, I guess Guy Pierce's shirt burns off at the end of the movie, so you get to see his Bing Fang Foom tattoos, his <laughs> dragon tattoos. But yeah, yeah like the chunky-haired lady it's, with the shotgun think... in Tennessee is all like, she like bursts in the fire like five, like five times, and all, all that happens is her hair gets a little mussed up. I feel like. Uh any marvel movie if you sit and like look at it yeah too much you're gonna find a lot <laughs> these of are problems. not those kind of movies yeah we're like yeah it's it's which like if you yeah. i i haven't seen any with him but if you look at thanos's motivation for like getting rid of 50 percent of the universe or whatever everybody nobody's like yeah that makes sense everybody's like why not just make more crops yeah <laughs> or oh that's never really food. addressed in the movies it's just yeah yeah it's yeah, especially there's... But sometimes evil can just be evil. There's right enough barren it. planets in the universe, so you could just turn those into garden planets that make any... Like, you don't even have to do that. You can just literally make anything. You do, do, yeah, fuck it. Maybe, maybe he just got rid of everybody who laughed at his chin, <laughs> which was 50% of the, <laughs> the universe. Him. Yeah. <laughs> gross. I appreciate it, because I guess that's how he does look like in the comics, and they did just, like, literally just transpose that into reality. I guess they did yeah. as good as a job they as they could with, like, a big fucking... I, I I've got my, I I sat on a lawn chair the wrong way ball sack chin. <laughs> um, yeah. So I so what? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think about the Reva? I did well. Actually, the one of the things I did like in the movie, uh, which cracks me up uh, whenever I see this movie, is uh, going back to the Air Force One thing when he saves the thirteen people that get sucked out of the airplane. I do like the reveal that he's just puppeteering the suit when he's like, "Okay, let's go. We gotta go. Do, gotta do this now." He gets hit by a truck. And the suit just explodes, and you find out he's just been magically puppeteering the suit. Uh, mm -hmm. Which was, I guess, is set up at the beginning when he's like magically puppeteering a suit when he's gonna make out with uh, Pepper Potts at his mansion right before the mansion gets blown up. Which is like, yeah. I don't understand that scene because it's like, was he gonna have sex with her, but not, like not be in this? Like, she, you know, he's gonna, she's gonna figure out that he's not in the suit. Um, I, I don't think Tony. I mean, he's not he's working not. on a lot of smartness there. Yeah, I mean, that is the point. She comes down, and he. He's forced to admit, like, hey, I'm fucked up, I'm a mess, you gotta help me out. I do like the big titty, uh, bu bunny thing that he gives her at the beginning of the, uh, that part, though. Okay. 
And mm -hmm. he's fucking rich. You need to tax the rich more. That's that's yeah, what that's, I've learned from the Iron Man movies. Tax the rich. That's that's one of the questions I had. Is he's obviously like super super insanely rich, but he couldn't get anything out in the middle of nowhere. I know he was trying to like lay low, but yeah, he's got. He's gotta have some. He's a smart man. He should have had some sort of resources, like a mobile like unit that he could send anywhere he wanted. I don't. Later on in the movies, they do establish that he has developed like a satellite system that can shoot him uh, suits of armor and stuff anywhere in the world. Mm hmm. Although even then, he's got a fucking credit. I mean, I guess maybe he wants to stay off the radar, so he doesn't want to get like uh, alert his presence to Guy Pierce or whatever, or to the Mandarin. So I guess that's why he decides to lay low in Harley's garage. Although he does go on a... He does go on, like, a spending spree at, like, a fucking Home Depot to... Oh, that's when he builds all the equipment when he's gonna go try to, uh, save Brody from... God, why does he... It's, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that he has to go to a garage and ask a six-year-old for all this stuff. Like, I, I know that he's hiding from the Mandarin, but you think he would have a couple of... He, you think he has have some extra cash in his wallet. And he'd be like, hey, I've got, like, okay. literally $50,000 in my wallet. I could, like... Mm -hmm. A tuna sandwich should be the least of his problems at that point. Uh, but, I'd, like, I, I said, I, I do... I won't even... Yeah. I won't even broach the whole where was all the other superheroes when the president was being attacked thing. When the president's... When the president is... You can, you can turn on the news and find out the president is being actively attacked. The president has been kidnapped. Tony Stark is dead. Like, yeah, where's Nick Fury? Where's even just Shield? Just even the rest of the Avengers? Like, yeah, what's, what's, and that that's that's a fun thing people have loved to like. There's been whole YouTube videos made about is like, what's the criteria for getting the Avengers together? Like, what do you need to do? Because it's funny, because then in the next Avengers movie, it starts off like the Avengers are just attacking like a little fort out in the middle of the Russian wilderness. It's like. Mm -hmm. So the, this is important enough to get all the Avengers together for, but yeah, again, just like six months earlier, the president guy got kidnapped and Tony Stark seemed to be dead, but you, it wasn't worth getting the Avengers together to like figure that situation out. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah well, and that's that's one of the other sadder things about the MCU is because the movies aren't really designed to make a whole lot of sense. Emotionally, they make sense, but plot-wise, there tends to be a lot of plot holes and stuff like that. That shit has fueled so much of like... The cinema sins bullshit on YouTube, where it's all like everyone just like tearing these movies apart because like they don't make any sense. They're fucking superhero movies. Yeah. They're they're mass produced cookie cutter superhero movies, no less. So there's gonna be lots of extra just like nonsensical shit. But yeah, monkey. Pants. Do you think he t do you think Robert Downey Jr. can finally act in other movies now? Uh, th he now he has the time. Jesus fucking Christ. What is the what's your opinion of Robert Downey Jr.? Did you have did you like any of his stuff before the MCU or anything like that, or even see much of his stuff? Um, I think I I I've seen him in maybe one or two things. I don't, I, whatever he was the bad guy in one of those teen movies. <laughs> yeah, he I was the bad guy in a lot of teen. Well, maybe not a lot, but he was enough. Yeah. Have you ever seen Weird Science? He's great in Weird yeah. Science. Um, he was in Weird Science. Man, I tried to. I may have mentioned. Yeah, he's he's. There's two bullies in Weird Science, and he's one of them. Okay, then yeah, I see. I saw him in that. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was in a couple... He was in a whole bunch... Of, I mean, he was part of that whole Brat Pack thing. He was in a whole lot of teen movies, and he was usually the asshole bully. Um, I bought Chaplin. It was on sale on iTunes, like, uh, like six months ago, with the idea, because this is... I think I bought it, like, right after we watched our most recent Chaplin movie. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. well, it's Robert Downey Jr. It's a bio about Chaplin. This might be kind of interesting. And it was on sale on iTunes for like $2, which shows you how no one is fucking... Who gives a shit about Robert... Even with Robert Downey Jr., no one gives a shit about Robert Downey, Downey's uh, auto-bio of uh, Charlie Chaplin. And I tried to... I only got maybe about a third of the way through that movie because that was boring <laughs> as shit. I, you didn't even make it to him banging the te- underage girls? <laughs> I wonder if it even... Because uh, the movie starts off, it's like little baby Charlie Chaplin. He's like in vaudeville and he's like, I'm poor in English and I'm six years old. That should have been, he should have been played, Does, that should have been Robert Downey Jr. in like dwarf clothing, <laughs> like buried into the stage up to his new plays like six-year-old self. Does he talk like an asshole like Charlie Chaplin did too, where he's talking everything like Yeah, this? a little bit, like he is kind of like a like clipped Charlie Chaplin schmitty talk a little bit like that. But like mm. the way that like I could even see in the movie, like they don't seem to be explaining any of the choices he made in his life, he just does the things that he did in real life without it like getting into his head. Because, like, yeah, like, he starts off, he's six years old, he's out of vaudeville, and he's like, I love the stage! And then suddenly jumps to him, like, it's Robert Downey Jr., he's like, 22-year-old Charlie Chaplin, and he's already, like, in, uh, California, like, working on some kind of, he's not, like, one of the stars, but he's, like, working on some movie thing, and they never explain, like, why he's suddenly in California, or anything, like, other than he just loves the stage, and he loves the theatricality of, of, uh, pretending to be other people, but, like... They're not explaining like why he made any of the choices in his life. It's just, it's just they're just showing him being in different places in his life without any context. And I was like, that's the whole point of wanting, watching a movie like this. I want to get inside the character's head and understand why he, like, why how his career developed the way it did. I just, I just don't want the movie just to show me random chapters from his life without any context. So that's why I was like, oh fuck shit. So, man, before Iron Man, <laughs> he was in the Shaggy Dog. <laughs> what the original Shaggy Dog? Or like no, uh, like a shitty 2006, 90s. Like the the Tim uh what's his name? Um, Tim Meadows. No. Uh, Tim Allen. Oh Tim, no. Tim Allen movie. God, what? The... I'm assuming Robert Downey Jr. probably plays one of his asshole like his boss or like some asshole like because the whole point of the Shaggy Dog is I'm sure Tim Allen plays like a dad who's too busy with work to hang out with his kids, but then he gets turned to the dog. Now he's too much time to hang out with the kids, and that's how he learns his lesson. Like. He, like, when he gets turned back into a human, he, like, calls up Robert Downey Jr. He's like, I don't want to, I'm not coming into work today. Eat my balls. <laughs> and then they go yeah. to the park or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, who knows. He was in the Sherlock Holmes movies, which were terrible. Yeah. yeah. That was, like, the last big thing he did things. before the Marvel stuff. Hey, he's still doing them. Really? The Sherlock Holmes movies? Yeah, yeah there's a third one in pre-production Yeah, we'll right see. Now. It's not like he's made so much movie. He I actually took he's, the funny thing. He's, he's going to be in a Dr. Doolittle movie, apparently. What? Why? Yeah, it's in post-production. I oh, it's know, in post-production. They're actually like, that's actually going to. Wow. OK. Yeah. Um, Maybe oh. it will be less racist than the first one. Yeah. Oh, this is another interesting thing. I thought was actually kind of cool. This one, my last little one of the last big talking point I had about this movie was I thought it was interesting that like. So I guess the most famous character arc for Tony Stark in the comics was Demon in a Bottle. I guess yeah. it was one of the first make like mainstream comics that actually involved a character like turning to alcoholism. It's all about Tony mm-hmm. Stark. He, he likes I don't know what happens, but Tony Stark becomes an alcoholic because he can't handle the stress of being Iron Man. And so I guess this was going to be the movie where that's what happens to Tony. Like as a result of all the shit that goes down in, at the end of Avengers. He becomes an alcoholic in this movie and gets all fucked up. And uh, when that was presented to to Robert Downey Jr., he was like, okay, I appreciate that, but I don't want to do that because 
I pretty much got cleaned up so I could do these movies, and still my like addiction to drugs and alcohol is fresh enough that I like I just I'm just not comfortable doing that material. Can we change this to P uh, PTSD instead? Which I think is a more interesting choice. Like, that meant they can't, yeah. couldn't quite tackle that arc in the way that like it was handled in the comics, but and it is probably more like not that God knows not like alcoholism or drug addiction is is not a th not, not a thing anymore. But PTSD and stuff like that's more like a like that's more of a like a current kind of like well especially given like the events of like I could see him developing alcoholism as a result of PTSD but he, it would make sense that he would have PTSD regardless and so I thought that was kind of cool and like I said the way it feeds into the future Iron Man stuff after this movie too kind of makes more sense than even alcoholism myself and I do appreciate the fact that uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was aware of his own self enough to be like. Yeah, this is gonna be too tempting. Like, I just kicked the bottle. I don't want to be tempted to go back to it because I'm gonna be playing a drunk this whole movie. That's just so. Yeah, I thought that was kind of. Yeah. Um. Nah, nah, nah. I like when he says. I like. Well, I do like all the Christmas stuff. Like, mm. I can. Do Shane Black is famous. He, everything he tries to write or direct, he tries to put around Christmas because he likes Christmas a whole lot. And he says, mm. uh, by having stuff take place around Christmas it adds an extra bit of melancholy you otherwise wouldn't get which I, yeah, that's fine that's cool I, but that mm -hmm. also means I guess the finale takes place on Christmas and I do like when Tony Stark it was a cool moment seeing this in theaters for the first time when the Iron Legion shows up when all the suits show up to kick the shit out of the bad guys at the end and that is mm -hmm. great when they all come flying down it's like 13 million suits and like everyone's like woo and then I like when, I like when Tony Stark he crosses his chest and he says take him to church and they all start shooting shit. I that was cool. Just from a dumb yeah. action movie perspective. Um, yeah, it just would have been nice if he had called those in earlier <laughs> exactly. in the movie, but you Especially know. Especially if they could come to him anywhere in the world. Why was he worried about charging the electricity in his one suit when he could have all the suits and he could replace the population of the entire town in Tennessee with his own robot people? What the f- it's that? Yeah. Oh. Movies you kill me. Um, I do like, uh, my favorite part of Tony met a leaving Harley a magically renovated garage complete with a shiny rebuilt Mustang at the end of the movie is that he also includes a giant glass front refrigerator stocked with juice and energy drinks. Oh, juice. Juice. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of nice for this little kid who doesn't own anything. I guess there's also a deleted scene where uh, Tony Stark confronts the kid's bully. That's one of the things that mm. happens in the movie because he's like, tell me about your bully. He just magically knows the kid has a bully. He's like, here, I'm going to give you a flash thing that'll blind your mm -hmm. bully permanently so, so you can use it against the bad guy when he captures you later. Um, mm -hmm. What else? Oh, and also, I guess, uh, partway through filming, uh, Robert Downey Jr. fucked up his ankle and he couldn't walk for a couple months. Or at least oh, a couple fine. weeks. And so this is... I was actually looking up a couple of YouTube videos about this last night. There is a shitload of footage in this movie of... Tony Stark, not like during the big action scenes or anything like that, but like the whole, even like the entire ending of the movie where he goes back to the remains of his mansion and he's like, you know, he has the whole like where he's talking over himself. There's the voiceover about how like I'm no longer Iron Man. I'm this blah, 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 blah. All that stuff is a combination of a computer generated Tony Stark or a, a body double with Robert Downey Jr.'s face CGI uh, applied to that dude's head. Well, fun. Which, like, like, it, like, yeah, not just the Iron Man scenes, but the scene where it's just Tony Stark, like, like, oh, like, just, like, lifting up a hammer and going, mm, look at this hammer. It's like a CGI face 
over another hmm. person's body. And I was like, holy shit. That's actually pretty good. I, cool. I got a goddamn nut. I would have never suspected. I wonder if we're going to be able to notice that as technology improves and we get more yeah. acclimated to what that shit looks like. That's like, kind of, yeah, I was like kind of Like how 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you're like, oh, that looks seamless. And you look at it now and you're like, that looks like garbage. Yeah. Like, there's one scene in Titanic where uh, Rose and Jack are running down a hallway and the hallway's being flooded and they didn't want to, you know, risk the actual stars running through the flooded hallway. Uh, but because the like the, the way the shot is like this, there's no way you could hide the faces because the characters are running right at the camera, and so they did do the like the the CGI facial replacement where they just put like CGI uh, what's his face and what's her face uh, uh, faces onto oh, the yeah, stunt what's her faces on and back in the day it wasn't you, you couldn't tell but if you watch it now knowing that you could totally kind of see how their faces are a little floaty <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's still pretty good and unless, unless it's pointed out to you, you may not even notice. But, like, yeah, watching some of the scenes on YouTube of the bits of Tony Stark in this movie, like, if, like, I was like, okay, I guess if, you, if, if you're aware of that in some of these scenes, it's a, it's a special effect. You can kind of maybe see the scenes where, like, maybe Tony's face is moving a little bit weird in conjunction with the rest of his body. But, like, I would have never thought of that unless I had read that online and known to go back and look at that stuff. And that's, and like I said, these are all for scenes where there's otherwise no special effects. There's whole scenes where he's talking to Harley where he's walking around the garage. Where they're just talking about shit. Where that's like a giant special effect happening and you don't even know it. And I was like, yeah. okay, well that's... Fuck, man. Fuck you. <laughs> you tricked my ass. So how many uh, Marvel movies do you have left to see? Man. Iron Man I, You know 2. what? I think it's mostly Iron Man 2 and uh, Thor 2. I fell asleep halfway through the first Thor. And I mm. have no inkling to go back and watch it. It's funny to, too because... I've heard that described more as a rom-com than a superhero movie. Thor 2? Yeah, oh, okay. cute. Uh, which it's not so much a superhero movie as a romance between him and what's her butt. Yeah, the lady who can't act that very well. <laughs> I like Natalie Portman, but mm. no, she was in Star Wars. <laughs> they only cast good actors in that. Yeah, the only well, the terrible thing is actually are some pretty good actors in this stuff. But uh, the funny thing is, Endgame. There's a whole part. There's a whole time travel subplot in Endgame. Where they end up having to go back into the uh, into a bunch of the older movies uh, to do mm -hmm. stuff, and one of those movies is is Thor two, which is funny because that's one of the movies like barely anyone ever saw. So it's kind of funny that like okay, I kind of wish I had seen Thor two before seeing this movie. Now the way that's presented in the movie, you don't have to have seen any. Like they, they explain it well so enough. What, you're not you're not missing anything. But what uh, stops them from going back and bringing like a saving Tony or something? It's a whole dead? thing. There's a whole thing where you don't want to go back and it's the way they use time travel in that movie makes absolutely no sense. They very specifically mm -hmm. like even Ant-Man shows up, Paul Rudd, fucking Wet Hot American Summer is all like, well, uh, so, so if this time travel works like Back to the Future does, then we can't like if we go back in time, we can't mess with anything because it'll destroy the future. And, like Incredible Hulk's like, no, don't worry. We can do whatever we want. Fuck it, because time travel actually works in a way that like time will fix itself if we do this. But like, yeah, they never explain. Like, yeah, exactly. If characters, it's go see the movie. Kind of makes more sense in context. But yeah, exactly. If you can go back and oh, three hours. They still they had that movie. Endgame ends with the heroes still have a functioning time machine. So and like specific that movie ends with uh, there's Tony Stark's funeral and then they go mess with the time you machine know... some more. So it is like oh. Well, you just had the funeral. Why not go back in time and fix the thing that caused the funeral that you're just literally having to walk back? It's just, yeah. 
All I really want them to do is go back in time and make more Captain America movies in the 1940s. Oh, that's when the... Yeah. They... Hmm. Then, because of the time travel hijinks in, the, in Endgame, they actually have opened up room that could actually happen. Yeah. That Which is kind of the funny. But... And actually kind of suggests that, like, people are kind of wondering if there could be, like, some kind of, like... If not like no, more Captain America movies, there would there could actually be like a Captain America miniseries on like the new Disney streaming thing because the way things so, happen at the end of Endgame. Um, I, I I don't keep up with it. I know there's another Spider-Man coming out. Who else still has movies that was in? Like, they always say who's retiring and who's not. Obviously, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is hopefully retiring. Yeah, it's actually both Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. are pretty much retired at this point. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, although again, there's always chance they could bring, especially Captain, Captain America is still alive, so it's well, only yeah, to kill him. He but... says he'll play he'll play Captain America for as long as it lasts. I was surprised because yeah, that's the last thing I had heard. Because even though they kind of retire Captain America at the end of Endgame, uh, yeah, that's I'd always heard that that guy was always like, I'll, yeah, exactly. They'll they'll pretty much have to kill me to keep me from stop playing this character in the future. Uh, so I know, yeah, there's new Spider-Man. I'm sure they're gonna make another Captain. Mar they almost have to make another Captain Marvel to make up for the first one because the first one's not very good. Um, oh god, there's definitely, there's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is back on, because they rehired What's-His-Face. And... Fat Thor? Oh man, Fat Thor! Oh, you know about Fat I've Thor! He I've heard stories of Fat Thor. Yeah, well, that's the thing, cause the movie ends with uh, Fat Thor going off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So he's probably, mm. I'm assuming he's probably gonna end up at least a little bit in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But yeah, H Thor and Hulk, they totally have, they could do pretty much anything with those characters, so those characters still are totally... Uh, Hawkeye, his his story gets kind of wrapped up. He doesn't die or anything in, in Endgame, but like you can kind of feel that like it, they don't have to bring him back. But yeah, Thor and Hot, yeah Thor. Because why would they? <laughs> I know. So boring. <laughs> That's funny too. I was watching an audience reaction video to Endgame on YouTube last night, and it's you know where you get to see where everyone's applauding the most in the movie, and at the end credits for Endgame, they they have the credits for all the like the major six, the Avengers, and like Jeremy Renner's the first person. That his name shows up on the screen, and you hear like like two people go like, and then it's like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Everyone's like, yay! But like it's like no one likes Jeremy. Renner. Jeremy Renner doesn't even seem like he wants to be in those movies anyway. So it's like mutual, like fuck you, I don't want to be here. Oh well, fuck you, we don't, we don't want you here in the first place. Kind of. He thing. just doesn't have the superhero persona, I think. But yeah, I would imagine they got to be like working on now that Fox is owned by Disney. I'm sure they're thinking about x-men stuff and i kind of wonder if it's going to be a little bit less of like the avengers characters and more like yeah they're going to try to that's, open up this whole that, different part of the universe maybe they'll approach the issue which i've never figured out in in the marvel universe which is people are are, are super anti uh mutant but there with so many superheroes how can you tell the difference between somebody like captain america who's not a mutant yeah. but has superpowers and somebody who is a mutant yeah. Well, especially because... What? Who? Like, in the Avengers movies, there's the Lady of the Scarlet Witch. I guess in the comics she's a mutant. But because when they created the character for the, for the Marvel movies, they, you know, they didn't have the rights to the X-Men stuff, so they just... She's magically created by, like, one of the Infinity Stones. But, yeah, like, I she, ha she has all the she powers a of a mutant. Yeah, so they're gonna have her to. Her and her brother sucked in that. Oh, movie. they were fucking yeah, and I do like they've never mentioned that brother character again in any of the other movies. In fact, actually, there's a whole thing where like Scarlet Witch at the end of Endgame was like, "I'm so sad for all these other characters," and like you would think like she would be a still like she might mention her brother who sacrificed himself in that movie or something like that. But that character's fucking 
<laughs> even her own sis, his own sister refuses to remember him at all. It's fucking hilarious. But yeah, no, I would like I know Kevin Feige, who is in charge of all the Marvel stuff. He always says that they are they're always planning at at least five years in advance with very specific films, with always an eye towards the what what might what they might want to do the five years after that. So he says at any given time they already have they already know exactly which films they want to work on they they want to make in the next five years. So I'd imagine right think, now one of those has to be like at least an X Men movie. But do you think they should just stop making Marvel movies and have hand the Star Wars franchise over to the Marvel team? At this point, like because obviously they know how to make movies that the movie going audiences will see, yeah. even if they're not the best. It is interesting because even though the Marvel movies are going to keep on truck and there's supposed to be like two more next year and the two more after that, uh, usually they announce those movies at least like two or three years ahead of time. And even though there are, yeah, two, two, at least two more Marvel's movies on the slate for next year, they have not announced what there are going to be at all. No one knows. After Spider-Man, which comes out like in a month, no one knows, has any idea what the next, uh, any of the, 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 the future Marvel movies are going to be. And so I don't know if that's for fing, fing, reasons boom. or if they're just trying to give everyone a break. They're not like now that Endgame's done. Don't they still have to do a Howard the Duck movie? <laughs> Howard the Duck actually shows up for 10 seconds in the background of Endgame, so he's still in play. He's still out there, and they could. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see that with, yeah, like they, like, they, like I said, with them knowing what they want to do for five years, but, like, having the slate that they haven't announced. So, at least with the Marvel guys, they're being pretty smart with kind of holding things close to their chest because they know Endgame and Spider-Man Spider are being promoted so heavily they don't want to, like browbeat the public with like okay now we've already got these other four movies in the slot in the pipeline that are going to be coming down in the next next year or two they're they're being smart to be like okay we're just once spider-man and endgame are done we're just going to be quiet about this shit and i'm i'm assuming we may not even find out what the next marvel movie after spider-man is going to be probably maybe not until this fall until they announce there's probably going to be a trailer for whatever marvel movies coming out next summer will probably be attached to the to the next Star Wars. But that's the thing that killed Star Wars was the fact that they were like saying like, okay, we've got this movie in the works, we've got that movie in the works. They like oh totally totally overexposed that shit too quickly. And so that's mm -hmm. the smart thing about yeah, what the Mother Marvel guys are doing are they're trying to keep from being too overexposed with like these last two films being so hyper exposed right now. They're trying to be quiet about the next ones just to give those movies some more uh play uh with the audiences and yeah, so even if they never let the MCU guys work on Star Wars movies, the moral, the, the 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 people in charge of the marketing for the Star Wars movies could definitely learn from the marketing from the from the Marvel people about how don't overload the public with too much bullshit. Like the hand out hand that shit out piecemeal one at a time. And seriously, especially because fucking Bob Iger, the head of Disney, had the fucking rocket scientist idea to this last week to start really crying about how the Game of Thrones guys are going to be in, the, in charge of the next Star Wars movie that comes out after episode 9 this year. This of all weeks, after everyone's so upset about Game of Thrones, it's mm -hmm. like, this is the worst possible week you could have chose to start screaming and kicking about how, yeah, we got those Game of Thrones guys who have just infuriated their own fan base. They're going to be making the next Star Wars movie. And, like, yeah, the... Disney needs to get smarter with how like, even if the movies, the Star Wars movies, don't get any better, they definitely have to get smarter with how the the the, the, the they're marketing and, and announcing what's being done with those movies, because it's I a mess. I feel like they're being too precious with Star Wars. Yeah, well, they're, they could... They're trying to be too careful, and they're fucking themselves over, like, not letting, um, uh, 
uh, uh, like bringing in uh, Ron Howard and taking away our fantastic, amazing directors that we love so much. Yeah, that would have made Solo. They and those guys would have made an objectively better film than what fucking Ron Howard cranked out. Solo's not. Mm -hmm. It's Solo's not the end of the world, terrible or anything like that. But it's just boring no. as shit. And but it definitely, you know that, yeah. that those guys would have made something better. Well, that's kind of the weird thing. They have they have a hundred percent hit rate. Yeah. And why would you take them off, like, with that batting average, why would you even gamble taking them off a script that's fucking crazy, or off a film that's fucking crazy? Well, that's a weird thing, too, because at least the Marvel uh, Universe has, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe has Kevin Feige, whereas this is another thing people point out, Disney, Disney doesn't have any kind of, like, creator role for that for Star Wars. It's There, there, there doesn't seem to be anyone in charge of Star Wars. Yeah. And... And technically, Kathleen Kennedy, she's in, she's in charge of Lucasfilm, but she's not like creatively. She's not one. She's not the one saying, "Hey, I have an idea for a Star Wars movie." She's the she's the one just doing the hiring and the firing of the people of the ideas for Star Wars movies. But there's no one, see, which is weird because Star Wars. The whole point of Star Wars was that it was very specifically the vision of this one guy. So it's weird to bring back Star Wars, but not have any one person in charge of it anymore. And if anything, the new Star Wars under Disney is more like the expanded universe of Star Wars, where it's the Wild West, and there's no one person in charge, and everyone just gets to write well, and make is, whatever the fuck they want. Is there one person in charge of Marvel? Do, do we even know who is in charge of it? I mean, creatively, it seems to be Kevin Feige, where he's the one who gets to say, okay, I think we should do this movie next, and we'll do this. And this movie will tie into that movie in this, and like it's 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 his like creative architecture, which like actually made like the first tw it's twenty two fucking movies between the first Jeez. Iron Man and Endgame, and these movies are far from perfect and they're all pretty ropey and cookie cutter, but the fact that like he was able to release twenty two movies in eleven years and still have everything kind of vaguely work together both dramatically and the fact that the public didn't get totally burned out on that shit. Like, that is actually, from just an act of creative producing, like, that's actually pretty fucking crazy. That's, like, that guy who deserves a fucking Oscar just for that. Uh, again, not because the movies are that spectacular, but by the virtue of the fact they didn't get, like, they're not, like, none of those movies really shit the head too hard, I guess I said, from Iron Man 2 and, and, and Thor 2, but, like, but yeah, but at least there was the feeling that someone was in charge and someone was making the decision to, like, to be like, okay, and, and... Avengers, Tony Stark's gonna get PTSD in the next movie, Iron Man 3 is gonna be all about that PTSD, and that PTSD is going to feed into uh, Avengers 2 about how Tony Stark then decides the whole world needs a suit of armor to protect itself from future attacks like uh, the end of Avengers 2, but then that creates the situation that creates Civil War, which is gonna, which is gonna feed into uh, Tony Stark and Captain America being fighting each other in... Uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's like... Like I said, these movies are very ropey, but emotionally and how the characters uh character arcs for like the main characters throughout all these films kind of hang together it's, it's actually it, it works it works surprisingly well and that only works because you do have one major dude at the top kind of making these decisions and kind of keeping his eye on the ball for everything that's going on he, he's, he's the one kind of overseeing everything and star wars doesn't have that it's just and that's how you end up with like episode seven like brought back Luke Skywalker, and then episode 8, they killed Luke Skywalker for seemingly no reason. God knows what the fuck's gonna happen in episode 9, because there doesn't seem to be anyone in charge. And, but if there is someone in charge, they're not doing a very good job of making it seem like that that's what's happening. It just feels like it's just whoever can get their hands on the steering wheel at any given time is allowed to, It's just, yeah. Maybe. That's a good point. Um, it's movies! 
Movies but, are stupid. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll wrap this up. Uh, yeah, again, okay. I just like Iron I Man 3 just because it's like Shane Black and it feels like one of the least cookie-cutter movies just because it actually feels like a Shane Black movie, which is kind of a rare thing for any of these movies. Yeah, I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen another Shane Yeah, Shane, Shane Black, movie, so. he wrote Lethal Weapon and the, he wrote The Monster Squad, which I saw that and I was like, okay, my estimation of Iron Man 3 just went down a couple notches. But mm. then he also wrote The Last Action Hero, which is surprisingly great. Um, and he directed the uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys, which those are two yeah. like you know like dude bro like guys just getting into hijinks and stuff like that. Yeah, very he yeah, the whole Lethal Weapon shtick that he has. That's you can kind of feel that a little bit with Don Cheadle and Robert Downey Jr. when they're like running around with guns and the last third of this movie. That's very kind of like that dynamic. Um, yeah, demon yeah, in a bottle. Yeah, the original yeah, villain okay. was supposed to be the lady, and the lady was supposed to be played by Jessica Chastain, but when they Announced that they were going to be the the lady villain was not going to be the villain, but just like an undersecretary to uh, Guy Pierce. She quits. Uh, and the, yeah, my last note was just about yeah Chinese investors in the Chinese market making it so that the Mandarin cannot really be much of a villain. So yeah, that's that's Iron Man. Three. That's Iron Man three. That's for not having any notes. I'd sure let Bill talk a lot. Because I am easily the worst part of this podcast, and so yeah, I, I have given me the steering wheel. <laughs> I like Robert Downey Jr. because he made the Iranian missile come to life in, in weird science. Mm. Um, so I feel like there's something like I there feels like there should be one last apology uh, apology I should be giving to you and the audience for. Ramming this down the podcast. Well, I didn't ram it down, but no, it's fine. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's not like it's a bad. It movie. is nice to be talking it's, about it's, something that's more recent, though. Like it's yeah. nice to be talking about something that was made in this century. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, yeah, Iron Man three. It's 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 fine, but yeah, not people. But like I said, yeah, yeah. T- after Endgame and everything like that, it just it's, it's a nice pivotal part to t- uh, Tony Stark story, and it's just yeah, there's definitely worse right, movies out so- there. Yeah, so next time, uh, Bill, I'll give you a choice. Because I. I oh, you asked did you this! To... Yeah, okay, yeah. You, you threatened to I do did this it. before. What? Yeah. What I threatened to do. No, I didn't threaten, but you. I think you gave me the choice between, like, Lady Killers and something else, and I chose Lady Killers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you wanted. You like, Alec Guinness, good. Yeah, come on, um, Two things. Oh, no. One is. Neither one are super well known, but one is would probably be more interesting to talk about. But one is definitely better than the other. Oh, um, <laughs> so no, choice. I, I, yeah, no, I, I no, get I've, that. Yeah, I've, I've told you what they are. I, I, and I had a third, but I, I fucking can't remember what the fuck it was. Um, would you rather do uh, the Will Vinton Studios clay animation, The Adventures of Mark Twain? Or the James Gardner cowboy movie "Support Your Local Sheriff," which is a comedy. This is interesting. Oh god, I forgot because we talked about this last week off the show, and I meant to look up to see which of these would be the easiest one to find. Oh, uh, you don't have a particular preference? Because I, well, I would be equally I, interested they, in both. Uh, no, because like the Will Vent, When was the last time you saw that? Yeah, it's not since it was out. Like 20. I'm assuming that's only an hour long too. So if I know for it's you, it's like that's... an hour and twenty, probably something. Uh, like that. Although I'm sure support your local sheriff can't be very long either. No, it's not because uh, there'd be a lot to talk about with that messed up garbage <laughs> dumpster to look at movie uh, <laughs> clay animation, which is actually clay animation. I'm using the term correctly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. 
Oh, but Savort, your local sheriff, is actually, you know, it's 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 a charming little uh, comedy with James Gardner. I might be more and that, split. And that, that, that character actor whose eyeball is always floating off in a different direction. <laughs> the guy from Cannibal Run 2? Or not Marty Feldman, but the other guy? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. Man, I am, see, unless you have a specific preference, because I am, I am evenly split between those two. Uh, I kind of am, too. How about, uh, you watch... I guess they're both going to be pretty fast watches if you want to watch them both and see which yeah, one you like. I, I'll, 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 and the other thing too, because a lot sometimes this stuff boils and boils down to which is the one that's easiest for us just to even find copies of to watch. And I'll try to, yeah. I'm, I, yeah, we had this exact same conversation last weekend, but I got sidetracked enough that I didn't do this. But yeah, I'll, 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 I'll try to find copies, either legitimate or illegitimate of both, and we'll, we'll figure out stuff. Yeah, if listeners have any preference, let us know too. That would be appreciated. Uh, but yeah, support your local sheriff starring, uh, James Garner. James Garner. Yeah, or the, yeah, Wolvet and Claymation, The Adventures of Mark Twain. Which, that is nightmare-inducing. Oh, hell yeah. God, but yeah, that's, that's, that's some real Sophie's Choice thing. That's gonna be the last project from Marvelous May, and then I guess after that we're gonna be back on our normal. Or if I can think of the third thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm so yeah, you, this'll give you, remember. this'll give you a couple days if you, yeah, in case you think of anything else. But yeah, no, this is what you've talked about before in the past, and yeah, either of them would be equally fine to me. Um. Yeah. Huh, yeah, just because it's because I know I've seen the adventures of Mark Twain before, but no, it's kind of boring but creepy. But I I love James Garner more, but I have not seen anything and about that movie, so I know less about it. Yeah. It's got Harry Morgan in it. Oh, really? Then it's all yeah. Cheers, yeah. Huh, cheers. okay. He was in Cheers? Wait, Harry, who, am I, who was Harry Morgan? Wasn't he the head dude on... No, you know him. Yeah, it's he, Cheers! He, not cheers. cheers mash mash okay <laughs> i just woke up also cheers is only 20 dollars on itunes right now go buy it it's the whole series uh here bruce Morgan. dern in it oh no and we know how much you love bruce dern movies <laughs> you know what i think for the first when we come back for normal uh tardy of the party after after whatever we choose next week i'm just gonna choose silent running again mm, and just be like because i think after a year i think we've had we have more things to say about that film Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I found a new podcast, which a uh, big part of the podcast is this guy just talking about the history of silent, or uh, not the history of silent running, history of Mystery Science Theater 3000. He spends a decent amount of time mm. uh, talking about silent running, and I was going to recommend the podcast to you, but when he starts talking about silent running a whole bunch, I was like, maybe not. <laughs> maybe Daniel oh, doesn't have fine. to hear this guy talk about like, and Bruce Dern, and then he's in space and he's got trees. Unless he's like, oh, this movie's so great, I can't <laughs> sing its praises enough. He's just like, I it's feel fine. bad for anyone who got stuck talking about this movie on a podcast that he's not want to talk about with. But, uh, yeah, okay, so yeah, so uh, support your local sheriff and the Adventures of Mark Twain with the options for the third option if you can come up with anything else. But, yeah, yeah. actually, just so I don't forget, I'm going to start looking for that stuff as soon as we finish recording, because I know I will forget again. Yeah. Um, even though I so. wrote down both titles... Because uh, I started coming up with stuff I want to talk about next month. Oh man, I have a slate of shit that I don't know if you're gonna like this stuff or hate this stuff. Have you ever seen the Rock of Fire Explosion documentary? No. <laughs> We're back. It's time to the party. <laughs> you know, Bill. Um, Triple T to the P. I was saying I can't remember what the context was, but I was talking to my wife about something and how she was like, 
Something came up with me complaining about stuff, and she, I was like, I don't really like to watch stuff I'm gonna complain about. Yeah. Like, I think it was probably Game of Thrones, and she's like, what are you talking about? You have a whole podcast dedicated to that. And I was like, no, we try to watch good things. And she's like, you started a podcast with Bill Mudrin. <laughs> you know you, what you were doing. <laughs> Do you realize what kind of that sad sack piece of shit just loves stuff? Yeah, exactly. The man who loves toys. The Robin mm. Williams feature toys, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. So he's oh my on Twitter. God. I'm the grumpy turtle on Twitter. Tiny podcast on Twitter. All that stuff. That was Iron Man three. Next time we're gonna be something else. That's gonna be something else. Yeah. yeah I love so our we'll podcast. I love. Time. You know. I, again, it's. I love the fact that he didn't take any notes this week. So it was more of a just more organic rambling of just bullshit, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And we're cut. Yeah, we almost got two hundred episodes of this damn thing. Now. God. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. We we had. Talks, yeah, we have to figure out what we're doing. Ugh. What what we should do for a 200th episode, and what like if the podcast should change at all after that or anything like that? Because I yeah, mm-hmm. once we've done 200 episodes, that gives us the. I think we have the right to, if we just wanted to turn this into us just rapping freestyle for two hours every week, <laughs> I think we've yep. paid our dues. Yeah. All right. Well, we filled enough time. So until next time, keep filling holes with pop culture. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.